Wrapping up our 2023 farm system previews is the Washington Nationals, a team that added a ton of talent by trading Juan Soto and has recently revamped the player development to try to get those guys to the bigs. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer and podcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. And a special Saturday episode because we want to finish out the National League East. Uh, this is the Washington Nationals, 55-107 and 107 last year, and uh, have, have pretty much dis- completely disassembled the 2019 World Series roster. A lot of those guys are gone, obviously. You traded Trey Turner and Max Scherzer uh, in the past, and then this la- most recent season, you traded Juan Soto and Josh Bell at the deadline to the Padres for a massive haul. And when you look at the top prospects in this system, a lot of them came over in that Juan Soto trade. And that doesn't even count shortstop C.J. Abrams, who has already used his prospect eligibility or his rookie eligibility, as well as left-hand pitcher Mackenzie Gore. But uh, the top of this system is highlighted by three interesting and unique talents in the outfield. So number one prospect in the system is outfielder James Wood. Uh, 2021 second rounder out of high school and a big Big boy, 6'7", 240. Uh, Got 76 games in last year between rookie ball and low A in both organizations because he was traded. 313, 425, 36. That magical 300, 400, 500 slash line at age 19 in low A. 12 home runs, 40 extra base hits, 50 walks to 75 strikeouts, and 20 of 25 on stolen bases. So... The story for James Wood is, number one, the power. The power is somewhere between 65 to 70. Massive, massive raw power. And his dad was basketball player Kenny Wood, who was a college basketball uh, star. And so the athletic talent is there. He's a really unique athlete in the context of he is... Six foot seven, 240, yet he's still an above average runner. And he could stick in center field, but I feel better about him in one of the corners. Uh, he's an above average defender, the arms above average. I just think, given the size and the fact that he's probably going to fill out a little bit, you're looking at probably one of the only people in baseball who would be a similar frame, both height and weight, to Aaron Judge because. Being at 240, he can easily add, having watched him play some, he can easily add 20 pounds. Offensively, again, the power is huge. And I think the contact ability is above average. He's got higher strikeouts than you would love. He had 75 and 76 games, which isn't bad at age 19, but you have to remember the quality of players he's playing against in low A is also not as good as he'll get higher up in the, in the minors. And I think a lot of this is his approach at the plate and then the usual sinking the levers, 
with the longer bat path than everything that he has that a lot of those tall players have to deal with. But when you look at the actual strikeouts, really aggressive at the plate, he needs to work on pitch discernment and pitch uh, swing decisions. So he can do a good job at catching up to velocity. He can identify and stay back on the secondary stuff. It's the swing decision about when to swing because the goal here isn't necessarily to make contact. When you have the power that a James Wood has, the goal is to make quality contact and use your power. So the swing decisions will be something to watch as he moves up. Again, I do see him as an eventual corner outfielder. I think there's a chance he could stick in center. Kind of like how Judge can play center, but he's better in a corner. Same thing for James Wood. Uh, but either way, excited to watch him. I expect he'll probably start at high A uh, in 2023. Number two prospect in the system, outfielder Robert Hassel. And another very, very talented guy. Not quite in the same boat as far as power potential as the rest of them, or in frame. And you'll notice a trend as we go through this show. But Robert Hassel, 6'2", 195. He's literally the only guy that I have on my rundown to talk about today that's under 200 pounds. Something you should know about the Nationals is they've always been a fan of the traditional scouting. And so the guys that have the size and look like ball players. It's a trend you'll notice throughout today. But 2021 first rounder out of high school, 112 games last year. Between High A Fort Wayne, High A Wilmington, and Double A Harrisburg, because he was part of the trade, 273, 357, 407, 11 home runs, 37 extra base hits, 57 walks to 113 strikeouts, again in 112 games, 24, 27 on stolen bases. So I think offensively, I'm sorry, no, defensively, he can play any outfield spot, above average speed, above average arm. You could see him anywhere. He has a chance to stay in center field. I don't think that's out of the question, but he could be anywhere. Uh, offensively, plus contact ability and an absolute on-base machine. He does particularly well, I feel like, against lefties, which is not something that you see from a lot of 20-year-old baseball players. So uh, I do think there's a question about where the power ceiling ends up. If he can get to a 15 to 20 home run ceiling, I think you could discuss him being a possible, like a, a contending for all-star games on a regular basis, but he's going to be, uh, he's going to get on a lot above average speed. He has, it feels like the instincts to steal bases, uh, obviously 24, 27 in the low minors. So grain of salt on that. He was one for one in double a Harrisburg, but uh, could be a top of the lineup kind of guy and a table setter for your offense. Number three prospect in the system, and probably the one with the highest ceiling of any of these guys, is outfielder Elijah Green, 6'3, 225. He was, I mean, as you, you know, he was the fifth overall pick in this draft out of high school and got a little bit of time, probably not necessarily worth going much into. 12 games in rookie ball, 302, 404, 535. Six walks, 21 strikeouts in 12 games. He is one of the most unique athletes in baseball because he's huge. 6'3", 225. His dad was NFL tight end Eric Green. Yet despite that, he has 
70 grade speed. He has a 60 grade arm and he has a 70 grade power that is not, while not fully realized, is very, very far along for an 18 year old. Now, I mentioned the strikeout numbers, 40% uh, strikeout rate in rookie ball, 45% swinging strike rate, which is already something like it's, it's, you're already looking at a lot of swinging strikes in the Florida Complex League. And even for that, he was well above average at that. So the approach at the plate and the aggressiveness, we're, we're going to have to watch what happens when he gets a full season in 2023 to figure out where the hit tool ceiling is. I've got it as a 50 right now. He struggled a bit against higher velocity, but it's going to be something where what is the overall ceiling of the hit tool? That's going to determine where he goes because he has plus plus power. He has elite speed. And so he can play center field at a high level and wreak havoc on the base paths as well as hitting for power. I, his ceiling, and we don't do this a lot, his ceiling feels like it's somewhere like a Ronald Acuna Jr. where he can hit for power, he can play great defense, and I mean, he can contend for 30-30 seasons. Like, that's his ceiling, but he has a lot more risk and a lot more variance than some of those other guys ahead of him, and that's why they're ahead of him, despite having the highest ceiling. So, I want to see what he does in a full season assignment to low A, so we can see the strikeout numbers, the aggressiveness, and what his at-bats look like. Number four prospect in the system, right-hand pitcher Cade Cavalli, and we'll start the pitching conversation, I guess, a little bit early. 6'4", 226, he was a 2020 first-rounder out of Oklahoma. Um, guy actually debuted last year, four and a third innings against the Reds. Got, got knocked around a bit, and then shoulder inflammation, they shut him down, and he's going to be back for spring training. But uh, 20 games started in AAA, 6-4, 371 ERA in 97 innings, 104 strikeouts, so 9.6 per nine to 39 walks, 3.6 per nine. Gave up three home runs in those 20 games in those 97 innings. And the tools here, so he has a lot of weapons, and I think the way that he has used them has changed for the better recently. So the fastball sits around a 70 grade is where a lot of people have it. I've got it the tick lower. Average is 96. He can touch 100 with it, but it doesn't have a lot of, exceptional movement to it and it doesn't have a lot of deception it just it's just like a hard and straight now the velocity helps but it's just like straight uh, it reminds me of the issue hunter green had with the reds where he had a fastball that was 100 101 but it was dead straight and if you could time it you could hit it uh, and so Cade cavalli has leaned into the secondaries a little bit more he uses the fastball to set up those secondaries and he's had a lot of success. And that MLB start, uh, the secondary pitches looked much better. So curveball, 65 grade. It's a 12 to 6, kind of a hammer curveball uh, to go along with that. He's got a firm slider in the upper 80s, probably a 55 grade or so right now above average. And then a firm changeup also in the upper 80s. I think it can get to above average. Can, can throw strikes, just has to kind of figure out the right balance of fastball to secondaries and when to land them for strikes versus when to leave them off the plate for chase. And as he transitioned from a, from a fastball-heavy pitcher 
to a secondary heavy pitcher, he's started to learn that a little better. So I just want to see what it looks like when he comes back. In just a minute, we'll get to the state of the pitching in this system, the rest of these top pitching options. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. You've got to try some of these new flavors, okay? Cookie dough topper, coconut brownie bar, coconut brownie topper. Uh, It is fantastic what Built has done. They've added in granola now. So you have the option to eat the normal bars or the puffs, the protein-infused marshmallows, or you can try this take on the granola bar. There's a white chocolate peppermint granola. There's a candy cane brownie puff. Just a ton of interesting flavors and not something that we have seen a lot from built in the past. You know, some of the varieties. So you can go to Walmart, you can go to Sam's, you can buy the standard flavors, the churro, the peanut butter brownie, the common stuff, either in the pharmacy section at Walmart or at Sam's, or you can go to built.com and check out all those interesting new flavors, the granola, the fun stuff with the puffs and all of that. Uh, What's great is all of the bars, 17 grams of protein, 100% real chocolate, 130 calories. They're great for you. I'm not quite sure which one's my favorite. I think it's the churro, but I really, I love so many of them. It's, It's like, which kid is your favorite? You say you love them all and you really do love them all. If you really had to think about it, you could pick one. And I think the churro's the one I'd pick, but you do love them all. So go check it out, built.com or at Walmart or Sam's Club. Okay, so state of the pitching. You have Steven Strasburg recovering from thoracic outlet syndrome. Um, it's not, he's not been the same pitcher he was since the World Series. But you've brought in a lot of top talent. And then you've brought in a lot of people to revamp your pitching development structure. So the Nationals went from about 40-something employees working with minor league hitters and pitchers to over 60, and uh, they added a a developmental coach at every affiliate. They added an extra hitting and pitching coordinator at every affiliate. They added a nutritionist. They added a mental skills coach. They added a director of player development technology and strategy and a bunch of other roles, and a lot of those hires didn't come from the organizations that do a really good job at blending data and technology. The Dodgers, the Rays, the Yankees, the Guardians. But it, it it was a lot of outside voices, which is not something Mike Rizzo has always done. They've always just kind of moved guys around, internal guys, versus bringing in outfield people, uh, outside coaches and outside staff. So I think you're seeing the the, the change with Cade Cavalli where he started to lean into the secondaries a bit more and was having success. I think that's kind of an example of, we realized that Mike Rizzo, and I'm not saying it's Mike Rizzo's fault, but we realized that the traditional scouting heavy approach that we had is not necessarily giving us the results that we need. We need to do better at analyzing data and incorporating that into our coaching, and we've seen them make those moves. And so some of the guys that they have targeted and some of the guys that they are working with, you can see some of the improvement from these hires. So Jackson Rutledge, uh, 2019 first rounder out of junior college, won 6'8", 250. Tall King, he fits those profiles we've talked about of the physically impressive player that uh, this front office has drafted. But 20 games in low A last year, 
490 ERA, 97 and a third innings pitched, 99 strikeouts, so 9.15 per nine, I think, 29 walks, 2.7 per nine, seven home runs allowed, and has a 70-grade fastball. Sits 94-95, touches 98. He throws both a four-seam and a two-seam variety. And the carry isn't necessarily incredibly impressive, but you know it's modest. And then the slider is a plus slider, sits low to mid-80s, 83 to 86. And what I find really interesting here is the slider's really good at getting swings and miss, like 47% whiff last year. And so he's under this, these coaches, he shifted into more of a sinker slider ground ball pitcher than just, than what you would expect from a six, eight pitcher who could hit 98 on a fastball. And it, to me, this is one of the examples of we've recognized what his pitches do, and we are teaching him to adjust the way that he approaches a batter to account for his strengths, which are weak con- inducing weak contact with the two-seam, uh, messing up timing with the four-seam before you punch him out with a slider. Uh, he has a changeup in the upper 80s as well. He got better at not walking guys. He only, <clears throat> he only walked about 7% of guys last year, which is a definite improvement over where he was. He got uh, smaller sample sizes, but in the past, like looking in rookie ball, uh, almost five walks per nine. In low A Fredericksburg last year, three, like over three and a half walks per nine. Whereas this year, 2.7 walks per nine. So they're doing a good job of working with this. Concern I have is he's 23 and he hasn't left the low minors. So Obviously, you lost 2020, that impacted things, but you know, and, and he's had some health issues, but something that you need to work on, you need to get him built up, you need to get him moving through the system. You have a Rule 5 decision to be made pretty soon on him, and ideally, you know more and you've gotten him farther through the system. Jarlin Susana, a guy that they targeted and got in the trade, in the Juan Soto trade, along with Mackenzie Gore is the other big arm, but 2021 IFA. 13 games last year, 12 of those were starts. And this is combined between Padres rookie ball, Nationals rookie ball, and three games in low A Fredericksburg. 240 ERA, 45 innings, 66 strikeouts, so 13.2 per nine, to 20 walks, which is four walks per nine, two home runs allowed. Uh, Interesting scenario here because you have two pitches that are pretty good and you've got to find the third. So the fastball, 70 grade, sits 97 to 98. He can touch 103 with it. Because again, he's a big boy, 6'6", 235. He's got that power behind it. Uh, the slider is a power slider, sits in the high 80s. The curveball is below average, and it can kind of blend in with the slider at times. So he doesn't differentiate those very well. The changeup is high 80s. It's got good sink and good fade to it. And right now, the slider is the best swing and miss pitch, but that's more so because he throws it in the high 80s more so than the, the movement profile on it. So some pitch development would be great to get the slider to move a little better, get the changeup to improve uh, as far as a little bit more sink and fade on it and a little more consistency throwing it for strikes. And then 
just keeping the command because you're looking at a scenario where you've got that large frame, the long levers. Um, I also noticed the fastball doesn't necessarily seem to get the amount of swing and miss you would expect it to get uh, from sitting high 90s and running up to 103. And so that's a, like, it's a question of, is it a pitch shape or movement issue? How do we improve that fastball? So some things to work on, but uh, promising tools and a, a great package that could eventually be a, in a couple of years, could eventually be a mid-rotation or possibly better guy. In just a minute, I want to get to the superlatives. Always the best part of every system right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. And we're back. So we're going through superlatives for the Washington Nationals. And as we like to do, the first one, your power tool is only as good as your hit tool. Shortstop Brady House, 2021 first rounder, 11th overall out of high school. And caveat to all of this for Brady House is he had a back injury last year. They shut him down in early June. I don't think these numbers are necessarily emblematic of his true performance. 20 ga- uh, 45 games in low A, 278, 356, 375. Three home runs, 11 extra base hits, 12 walks, 259 strikeouts, and one-on-one on stolen bases. When I watched him last year, the raw power is like plus to double plus, somewhere in there. I'd say probably 65 if I had to guess right now. The contact ability, uh, he's historically had a 50 grade on the hit tool. Uh, he, he, in the past, was able to hit to all fields, and he really struggled hitting higher velocity last year. You could elevate a fastball and run it pa- and get it past him. You could not elevate a fastball, but put it in the high 90s and get it past him, and he couldn't catch up to it, which isn't something that typically happened in 2021 when you saw him in rookie ball. So I think the back injury played a part of that. He can recognize pitches well. Uh, He's got decent awareness of of the zone, what's a strike and what's not. But questions about the ability to handle velocity has turned into questions about his overall hitting ability. I think defensively, uh, it was a question whether or not he would stick it short anyway. And that's before you went out and got C.J. Abrams. The Uh, He has a plus arm, and the hands are good, the clock is good, the speed is average, but it's it's one of those, the range isn't necessarily amazing, especially when you don't have the ability to shift past second base uh, when you're a shortstop. So I think he's a better option at third base than second. Obviously, you're going to continue to let him play short because he is the most promising prospect at the level that he's at, but next year will be very important I imagine he'll probably go back to low A, Fredericksburg, or they they may put him in high A. I'm not sure, uh, but he needs to be healthy, and we need to see that the contact questions were the were the the back injury and not his hitting ability. Breakout player in this system kind of had some some of the breakout last year, but isn't a household name yet. Outfielder T.J. White, 2021 fifth rounder out of high school, six two two ten, one of the smaller guys on this list. But 92 games in low A last year, 258, 353, 432, 11 home runs, 33 extra base hits, 44 walks to 104 strikeouts in 92 games. So concern there, eight and nine on stolen bases. So did a really good job at improving last year, developing himself. In-game power came up. He's a switch hitter, but 10 of his 11 home runs 
came as a lefty. It was better contact from the right-hand side, more power from the left-hand side. Uh, Did a better job at walking, walked about 11.5%. Still has some issues with Chase, but does really good at recognizing this is a pitch I can do damage. You did not mean to leave this fastball middle, middle. I'm going to crush it. So I like that. Uh, Defensively, he is a work in progress. He is a, he has below average speed, probably 40 speed with a below average arm and questionable defensive ability. He played in 21. He played in both right and left in 22. He was exclusively in left field. He needs some work on the reads, routes, and reactions. And there is always a case of they may move him to first base. Now, as I understand, he's still been playing left. Uh, During winter workouts, he was playing left. And I believe he will start next year, probably high A Wilmington, and probably start in left. But he has work to do to stick in left because... Earlier, we talked about James Wood, Robert Hassel, and Elijah Green, and it feels like it's very easy to picture Elijah Green, the best outfield defender in this system, in center field, Robert Hassel in left, and James Wood in right. It's very easy to see that combination of guys in the outfield. So TJ White may need to move either way, and if he moves, it's going to be first base. Guy who needs to stay healthy in this system, right-hand pitcher Cole Henry. 2020 second rounder out of LSU, 6'4", 214. There's your physical specimen right there. Uh, but has missed time in the last couple seasons, had elbow soreness in 2021, got shut down early, ended up having thoracic outlet surgery in August 2022. And I'll remind you, if you don't quite remember what that is, because Strasburg and now Cole Henry, that is a situation where there is a pinched nerve in your neck, your collarbone area, and they have to go in and just trim the bone and, in essence, trim and adjust the bone to get it off of the nerves and the artery and everything. Because it can, it can pinch your, like your, your collarbone where that meets. It can pinch the nerve and give you loss of feeling in your hands and tingling and that kind of stuff. So it's a little bit of an invasive surgery. It's not just like a slam dunk. And Steven Strasburg has still not come back from his. So not a guarantee there. But nine games that he got last year. Uh, divided between high A and triple A before they shut him down. 171 ERA in 31 and two-thirds innings, 34 strikeouts, so 9.7 per nine, to 11 walks, 3.1 per nine, two home runs allowed. And in double A, Harrisburg was particularly effective. Seven starts, 23 to two-thirds innings, 0.76 ERA. Gave up two earned runs in 23 and two-thirds innings with 28 strikeouts. So the stuff, he has a two-seamer and a four-seamer. A lot of these pitchers in this system throw both pitches. I think that's a deliberate decision. But four-seamer, two-seamer, both of them are kind of plus pitches in the mid-90s. The four-seamer can run up a little higher. It can get up into the high 90s. Uh, The two-seamer's not quite there. But uh, change-up, above-average pitch, really good arm-side life to it. And he matches arm speeds with it really well, which is obviously something that helps with the deception for it. Uh, the curveball is a uh, tighter curveball. It's average right now. The break is a little bit shorter than you would necessarily love. So maybe some additional work on the pitch shape of the curveball would be great. But right now, the big thing is he just has to come back healthy. 
Uh, again, lost time in 2021. I think he got a total of 47 innings over like 11 appearances before he had to leave then. And then thoracic outlet surgery in August of last year. So we just need him to be healthy. I've already mentioned a couple times, best outfield defender in the system is Elijah Green. Uh, give you a bonus one here. Best outfield or best infield defender in the system is shortstop Armando Cruz. Just got out of rookie ball last year and got like three games in low A after rookie ball. So still a ways away, but plus defender. His ceiling could be like one of the three best defender shortstop defenders in baseball. So I wanted to make sure I mentioned him. He's going to have a lot of chances to figure out the offense simply because the defense, the floor is so incredibly high because his defense is so good. Fantastic week this week. Next week, we're starting over with another division. The mailbag is on Monday. If you have questions for the show, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. Show's on Twitter at Locked on Farm. You can email us, Prospects at gmail.com or drop your questions in the Locked on MLB Prospects Discord. Link is in the episode description. Link is in the show notes. Until Monday, this has been Locked on MLB Prospects.